Good evening and welcome to the award-winning Two White Men podcast, hosted by myself, Charlie Stewart, and joining me, as always, is the very knowledgeable Sean Turner. Indeed, I like how you got got in there very quickly when I said knowledgeable, just yes. so I couldn't... Before you carry on with before the Before I on with the yeah, adjectives yeah, yeah. and it goes downhill. But yes, it is a lovely spring evening, the second lovely spring evening of this week. Yesterday was lovely. But today, Thursday the 21st of March, is we're starting to feel the warmer spring air, Sean, aren't we? We are, yeah. It's quite nice to think um, we've been a beer garden before long. It is. It, it, I mean, it's not long. I mean, next next week on Sunday is... Uh... Brexit? No, 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 no that's, that's not happening that's... now. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. We'll come on to that shortly. Um, oh, dear. But no, Daylight Savings goes back next week. How, oh, how we lose now sleep. Yeah, but we also gain a lot of sunlight. That we do gain sunlight. It's mad how the sun just comes out more when you change a clock, isn't it? I know, it's crazy. I mean... It is absolutely baffling. Who knew that our little clocks could control the whole sun? <laughs> That's what they used to think. Yeah, but if you change them all at once, then it must add up enough power to change the whole sun. Yeah, that. No, I've, I've never thought about it like that before. Yeah. That's quite incredible, really. And like, you do do physics, so yeah, yeah, yeah no, I can't. It's not wrong. I'm, and I'm knowledgeable. Yeah, and you are knowledgeable. So, We've already said established that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. why I'm known as knowledgeable Sean. Well, that's a, that's great that you're knowledgeable Sean because we're going to talk about lots of topics today that require knowledge. Excellent. So, Tell and you what. also have opinions as well. I'm a white man, of course I do. <laughs> knowledgeable <laughs> and opinions plus white man, which means we're going to be in for an absolute treat uh, this episode. We've only got a shorter shorter amount of time today because uh, we were, well, procrastinating. Well, you know what they say. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, like, it's it's you know the size doesn't <laughs> matter, does it? Like. It's quality over quantity is what I mean. Okay, so we're going to get straight into it and we're going to kick off with... I mean, we don't really like talking about it because everyone else across the country talks about it. But today I think it's quite significant that we do talk about it. Not only because of the um, of the time in, in sort of the Brexit process, but also today there has been a petition launched which on my last, uh, last viewing of it uh, had reached one million signatures to uh, put to Parliament to say... We want to revoke Article 50 and remain in the EU. Sean, have you seen that? What are your thoughts? Uh, like, not surprised. Like, we know people don't want to leave. But, <laughs> but utterly pointless, the, um, the petition? Yeah. Yeah. Unless it, unless it gains, like, over 17.5 million. Like, Do you know who said that? Who? Andrea, Andrea Ledson. Not a fan. Yeah, she said the exact same but thing. she's right. Yeah, I was going to ask you what, what you thought she said, and you, you nailed it. She said that this certainly would have significance if it reaches these 17.5, whatever it is, million because, people. Like, we already know that there are a million people who don't like Brexit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We know there are about 17 million people who don't like Brexit, at least. And all the celebrities have been getting on the bandwagon. You've had yeah. Gary Lineker, Hugh Grant, he, all tweeting out to sign the petition. Gary Lineker takes, to be fair, on things. He does. Um, but... But bottom line is basically straight man. basically uh, pointless, really, the whole position. Nothing's going to happen from it. Absolutely pointless. But it is you showing your uh, ability to... Well, and I think it should. It does mean that they have to debate it again in Parliament <laughs> as though they were doing anything else. <laughs> yeah, that is quite uh, quite bizarre. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Parliament and, and government are already ignoring other MPs and facts which suggest that Brexit is not going to be good for our country. But they're absolutely committed to... To delivering it, so there's nothing that's going to going to shake them, um, and of course, obviously, Theresa May applied for a, for an extension, and there's a bit of a whirlwind about what's actually going on there. I'm not sure if the official words come back yet as to whether or not they've uh, sanctioned the July no July I deadline. I don't think we have. But do you think it's only a matter of time before she she resigns? Um, she just needs to go, doesn't she? She's just clinging on. I just think like in any other profession, particularly this week, she's come out and just slagged off <laughs> all of her colleagues. She's come out and gone, 
I need all of these MPs to vote for my deal, and they're all shite. <laughs> She's going to say, well, okay, interesting approach, like how to lose friends and alienate people. She like, doesn't what? seem to be very good at negotiating, does she, or it's, it's uh, positioning herself? No, she's not. She, no. I mean, I, 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 it just, the whole thing's a mess, obviously. Like, there's no, I don't think there are any hot takes left to be given on it. I think it, they've it's all just been, shambles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There are, all the analogies have been exhausted. It's just awful. What did you make of uh, Corbyn leaving the, the cross-party... Um, discussion last night because Chucker Amuna was there. I think it's really funny. <laughs> but do you, do you think it's it one? It goes against what he's saying. You know, he wants to work collaboratively to get this sort of sorted. But then it, he, he's he's not because someone who left his party decides to show up there. I mean, it, it almost you know reminds me of the of the childish nature of Parliament. Oh, I don't want to. We're not having a discussion with him because he doesn't agree with me and he left our our party. What, what do you sort of make to that? Do you think that he was right right to leave? Um. Well, I mean, he said that he, you know, he said, you know, he's, he said he wants to meet, he would meet with other shadow party leaders. And there was a point made, I think, by Barry Gardner today, um, in defence of Corbyn. You know, he doesn't want to meet with a representative from this, the independent group, because, I mean, one, one, one distinct difference is that they're not a party. Um, and whilst that may, may seem trivial... Part political parties have to declare where their funding's coming from, whereas this the independent group have set up as a company and have no need to justify their sources of funding. And so Corbyn said, you know, I don't want to sit around a table where I don't know where the backing for your message is. And obviously he's representing people, you know, a, a significant fraction of those members, say something if there's only 10 and 11 of them anyway, um, but uh, 12 of them, a fraction of those members have come from the Conservative Party who Corbyn obviously loathes and, and are causing this problem. Um, so I kind of get it. And also it's like, why, why Chucker, do you have the authority to say anything? Like, who, who are you? Like, no. And and also, yeah, I get I get why it might seem a bit um, childish. I don't know whether it was a good idea or not. But it's certainly not consequential. Yeah. So I think you can talk all day about whether Corbyn's decision was right or not and whether it was a bit petty. But it's not going to change Brexit. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, very, like, very few things so, can at the moment. Yeah, um, so I don't think it matters too much. Um, moving moving away from Brexit now, but staying in Westminster, um, and well, we seem to be talking about Andrea Leadsom quite a lot this this episode, but it's necessary because she has been hitting the headlines. Um, do you did you see her interview on uh, LBC this week? Nope. Okay, so essentially, uh, this is in relation to the Birmingham schools um, and possibly some other schools who have basically their parents have boycotted. Various oh. sex education lessons because it teaches that it normalizes gay re- gay relationships um, and gay sex education essentially, um, and she was saying, she I think she was yeah. I think she was very unfortunate because I don't think she, I think she is an advocate for for equal equal teaching. She she said she'd be perfectly comfortable with her uh, her children, um, you know, sitting side by side with. LGBT classmates and, and realizing that that's normalized. Yeah, I mean, actually, actually, bloody sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's almost like people need a round of applause for that nowadays, and it's like, no, that's just basic human decency. But anyway, she was uh, quoted saying that parents uh, should be able to choose when they're exposed to uh, when their child children are exposed to uh, LGBT uh, education and 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 so forth. Um, which obviously, she put a foot in her mouth there. Uh, and it was almost along the same lines as as one of the independent group MPs a few weeks ago saying that um, uh, was BME people sort of have a, a funny tinge 
where she put that her, was so yeah. funny. And this is a this is another Dangerous, sort of example of funny, example funny. of that where she said that almost as if it, you know you're being exposed to the forty degree Australian heat without wearing any uh, any sun cream, where the parents should protect them from that. But it's bonkers. Sorry, I don't I don't think it's after, there's no defence what Andrew Ledson said. I mean, she is. I was just looking at her voting record. She's never voted on equal gay rights. She's never voted for allowing same sex marriage. She's pretty much always voted against any equality in human rights legislation. You know, she's she's not someone who's voted for social progress. Um, I don't believe she cares. The fact that any of these thoughts have crossed their mind suggests that there's some undercurrent of, you know, I'd suggest homophobia, transphobia, whatever her issues with the LGBT plus education. Um, I just think it's bonkers. Like, why are people talking about it? I just can't. Like, it's just these bloody dinosaurs sat in London pontificating over blah, 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 what job should we have next in the cabinet oh brexit's carrying us all over a cliff well, and all it, and then she's still got the time to go oh by the way in case you didn't notice i'm still a homophobe <laughs> it is nonsense it's like oh no i'm not a homophobe i just care about protecting the straight people <laughs> like what like what like do you know what i mean it's just nonsense and like does she think like what did everyone who's ended up being a gay person since did they happen to have gay education at school no none of them did oh no and they (laughs) still managed to become gay oh what am i like what what's she talking about lad like it's 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 a non-argument i mean the whole idea do you know what i mean i just oh the whole idea of um i learned about fucking amberlin i never became (laughs) amberlin do you know what i mean like it's just bonkers yeah and the whole the whole dangerous dangerous homophobia as well and because obviously you know the way to, to combat homophobia by, in society is through education and transphobia and um, what, what, I don't know her specific prejudice perhaps it's against the whole LGBT yeah, plus community possibly um, but I presume she hates the gays so yeah. but <laughs> of course that is the best way to, to go about um, ensuring you know people aren't bullied for, for being gay and stuff is to have an education and is to have it normalised in schools from, from a young age yeah. when you start learning about um you know, the usual sexual education, which, by the way, is pretty poor anyway. From when I, did taught. I, mean, I went to a Catholic school and it was woefully <laughs> We didn't even do the condom banana thing that people no, did. We didn't do any No, Catholic that. Church, notoriously, don't like condoms. No, yeah. Do, do, the, do the Catholic Church prefer AIDS in Africa or condoms? AIDS in Africa. Correct. Final answer. They do. You, uh, <laughs> you, you're on to £500 pounds um, on our Catholic Church quiz. But... <laughs> but... <laughs> They do a lot of charity work. Oh, <laughs> they're very quick to bring that up, oh, aren't they? They're yeah. very quick to bring that up. And there's some lovely paintings. There is. Some, to be fair, without the Catholic Church, we wouldn't have had some of the great works by Michelangelo. And, they wouldn't have known what to do themselves. Yeah, they? because who, if they can't draw God and Jesus, what, what could they, they draw? draw? Exactly. No. You couldn't have a nice picture of a Bunsen burner it's or a test tube, could quite you? quite a miracle that Van Gogh managed to paint the things he did when they weren't of God. Exactly. I mean, it's baffling. It really it is, is baffling. It is baffling. And um, a lot of the charity that uh, the Catholic Church do... Are to remedy a lot of their previous, not using condoms when bumming children. <laughs> yes, often or like invading and conquering Muslims. The Crusades, yeah. indeed. Speaking of Muslims, um, in, we? in relation to we're on, we're on we to religion now. now. Okay. We're on to religion now. We've got two two stories. One good, one bad. Okay. Um, in relation to Muslims, and obviously this is a balanced show. This is a balanced show. Um, f- first and foremost, before we get into this uh, discussion, obviously we have to give our condolences to what happened uh, last week in New Zealand. Yes, of course, which was a which was a horrible, um, tragic event, and that person um, won't be named, but is uh, an absolute 
fundamental white supremacist, fundamentalist, terrorist, yeah. far right extreme terrorist. And for firstly, those, did you those, did you see the Daily those, Mail, Daily Mirror? For article. those listening in the future, we're talking about the Christchurch massacre of, of mosques. Indeed. Um, did you see the Daily Mirror Daily Mirror headline? In relation to that, was this Donald Wilson being a fat kid? No, no, he was an angelic child. Oh right, How yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, I don't want to ask why. It's quite obvious why they do these type of headlines. Yeah, but I, I was expecting it from the mirror. You know, maybe the male. Uh, nah, the, I, honestly, like they're all just red tops. They're all yeah. just bad. And it, it's yeah. The Express they, they, was they, too they, busy with Diana. Still, they didn't. They didn't pick up on it. <laughs> Did you know she's dead? <laughs> right. Um, no, can we not? We can't put that in, can we? Oh, that's the job application for MI5 down this morning. Um, I'm not applying to be working for MI5. Um, what am I? Great graduate scheme, um, though. Carry on. Wouldn't know. Carry on. Oh, would I? Mm. Anyway. Um, sorry, you know, there was an article where, yeah, it was at a, oh, this poor, poor white supremacist had a difficult childhood. I got bullied because he was fat or something as a kid, and that's where it all went downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas poor Shamim has had three dead kids now in, in refugee camps. Yeah. And they wouldn't even let her in. This is the woman who, um, a few weeks prior to now, um, was was refused um, citizenship, <laughs> had her citizenship revoked um, because she'd moved as a teenager to um, become an ISIS bride. Not a great choice of uh, choice husband. of action. Yeah, <laughs> husband, yeah. No, he might have been and like... And a group. You don't know what he was like. Terrorist. Could have been great in bed. <laughs> and that makes it all okay. I mean, George Bush has done quite well, hasn't he? In bed, and he Arguably. fought Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> what if George Bush and Shamima got in common? Uh, <laughs> fucked half of Syria. <laughs> um, that was good. That was good. Yeah. Um, coming back to the uh, sort of the LGBT school thing, uh, did you see the video of the Muslim preacher outside of the school giving it large, sort no. of saying we don't want our kids corrupted to be gay, and, no. and so forth? And my, my question essentially was going to be, um, do you think there is a um, a, a, a contradiction between uh, people's right to have their religious freedom, but also they should, um, you know, in social cohesion in terms of should they be allowed to think that, not should they allow it to think that, but should they be allowed to be out on the streets saying those sorts of things from a religious fundamentalist perspective and also expect to be, to merge into British society? Or is it, are the two things fundamentally opposed? I'm yet to see a case in any situation, whether it's in healthcare, whether it's legal, or whether it's in um, religious views or, or social views, where parents know best. <laughs> I honestly just don't think parents have a clue. Because anyone can become a parent. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, then, and then they get to decide what this, this future human being's views are. No. Yeah. Like, why don't we as a society invest in professional human trainers? Let's call them teachers. <laughs> and then let's make all children have to go through professional human training by these people we've called teachers that we've invested so much in. Not enough, of course, as a society. And then, and then all of a sudden you go back to these two people who had a one-night stand and go... Oh, but their opinion on the Muslims or the gays, that's what's really important. <laughs> no, obviously not. Let's train some people from other people who know what they're talking about so that they now know some of what they're talking about and then they can teach the future generations all of the different views and then the future generations can be okay. And, and that's why it's important to have the same universal curriculum. flat earth and stuff. And that's why it's important to have the same unique yes. cur- curriculum Get throughout. rid of faith schools as well. Yeah. Okay. Get rid of that. Oh. I agree. Like, keep sending the money, church. Like, mm. happily pay for some education, but let's spread it out. Get rid of private schools, they can go. Grammar schools, they can go. Let's just have one, like, vanilla school system where everyone goes through and learns the same things because it's just 
rubbish otherwise. Yeah. No lacrosse. No one should get to play lacrosse. That's nonsense. What about polo? Yeah. Everyone should. Everyone should oh, oh. Sorry, Don't touch boy. the wire. No. Probably. It, honestly, that was that was yeah. the MI5 interference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone should get to have a go at polo. Um, fun polo. Play polo yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Wednesday. Your your training night isn't it usually on a Wednesday or a Friday or a Friday oh turns up Moodman oh excellent uh, yeah. then on the uh, on the flip side uh, another sad sad story you might have seen it in the news I'll this morning that five or six mosques across Birmingham oh, no, this is well, this, sad, that's, yeah. yeah that's not uh, that's what I was going to say um, five or six mos- mosques across um, across Birmingham were vandalised and, and damaged and the, the sort of counter terrorism. Units had to get involved, you know, sort of thinking a carry on from from what happened in New Zealand and perhaps influencing that. Um, do you think that Britain is close to mimicking something like what happened in in New Zealand uh, in Christchurch? Obviously, not to the same extent, because fortunately our gun laws are sensible and we don't have many guns. But as we've seen uh, previously in in the hands of Islamic extremists extremists tend to find a way to cause the pain that they're, they're seeking. So do you think we're, in, a, in this current climate, do you think we're close to a far-right, um, white supremacy-type extremist attack in the UK? Yes. Yep. Next question. Would like to, <laughs> would um, like to expand? I mean, we've had them. Yeah. So, but, I mean, this is happening. Yeah, you Finsbury, know, Finsbury Park. Is the, it Finsbury Park? Yeah, yeah. There's, but we've had, um, you know, the, there have been, a, so, for example, in Liverpool, and... Um, Luciana Berger's constituency um, of Wavertree, and she's a Jewish MP, and there's there's um, quite a large Jewish population, proportionately in in Wavertree, and there's people who were uh, there was a campaign last year of people sticking swash stickers to lampposts, and you know, disgusting stuff like that, and and so I think, yeah, I think this this white supremacist nonsense is going. I think I don't know, it's it's hard because I think it it stifles good rigorous academic discussion because it's you know people don't want to talk about uh, what, what are potentially problematic issues so for example you get this um, okay so so you can't teach kids about the gays um, because you're going to upset the Muslims you can't according criticize to, Israel according to Katie Hopkins and then you get the Katie Hopkins lot you know the Piers Morgans who are going oh these bloody Muslims are stopping our kids being told for the gays. But also, Kate they Hopkins, probably hate, she yeah, hates the gays yeah, too. Yeah. You know, Piers Morgan. She's Tommy Robinson says it all the time as well. Yeah, Piers Morgan this week ridiculed um, Sam Smith for coming out as non-binary, yeah. and it's just like, well, come on, make your mind. And it's yeah. just vitriol, and they're just spouting it, and it's dangerous. And what it means is no one can have a good critical conversation about you know LGBT plus Especially issues, not in the media. about religion. No, because you get these knobs jumping from every angle. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. But I went with knobs, and I think I preferred it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and and so, like, yeah, I think, and I think these people are what you know create an environment where you can get the white supremacists who will go and you know shoot up um, uh, an oppressed community. Um, and I don't think we're far off. I think, I think, you know, I genuinely believe the prime ministers, you know, Cameron did it quite a lot. Would talk about MI5 have prevented X number of terrorist attacks this year. And I believe him. Yeah, it's and, true. And yeah. you know, a large proportion. Certainly, I remember um, I was involved in kind of overseeing the management of the Prevent agenda, which which isn't great. Um, but while I was working at the university, working for the Guild, and you know, lots of the risks that went through Prevent in the UK, the majority they weren't from Muslim groups. They were so from just 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 for anyone who, who's not aware, what so is what, prevent, is, what the is the Prevent, prevent group, campaign? The Prevent 
um, agenda was was a government idea, um, and it's still going. It's still policy. And basically, every public organisation has a duty to report any behaviour that they think is extreme. Um, and it means that when you have guest speakers, for example, on university campuses, it's really, you know, um, it's 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 quite difficult because you have to go through a lot of paperwork to ensure that these people aren't extremists. And what it means is that, you know, you get then these freedom of speech warriors who are like, oh, you've banned a speaker in action. You know, it's the government trying to stop extremism. But that's prevent. Um, long story short, a lot of the people referred to prevent are not um, Islamic extremists, but are in fact white supremacists and, you know, extreme right-wingers. So it's a, it's a rife problem, actually, particularly in the Northwest. Um, you know, Paul Nuttall's stomping ground. There's also, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, there was a recent documentary on Channel 4, Sleeping with the Far Right, with, um, it was Alice Levine, and I can't remember who the extremist is, the white, sort of white nationalist, but he's in South Southport, right? somewhere, I want to say, so somewhere in, in the north, Northwest. Near, yeah. yeah. And, and he was on there, um, and that was quite shocking to, to see the views that he thought. But do you do you also think that you know the the media provocateurs such as um, Piers Morgan and and so forth stop? Well, obviously they do, but stop um, any sort of meaningful discussion. Like you can't you can't engage in um, talking about important matters without being labelled something nowadays because everyone's just looking for mm -hmm. clickbait to say this person thinks that and actually not really listening to what people are saying like it's as soon as you begin to criticize israel you're immediately anti-semitic if you criticize the religion of islam you're immediately islamophobic and you, people people are legitimate yeah. people aren't willing to engage in topics that need to be engaged in because there's problems in in every sphere of society because we're in this clickbait reactionary type environment where everyone's looking to blame someone and everyone hates everyone else and there's no cohesion to talk about differences in a meaningful manner yeah no i agree and i think um yeah i agree i think that uh, it's it's hard again i think so so for example you have an academic who um wants to talk about the problems with uh, a certain group and them doing it because of this now environment created by the likes of Piers Morgan, Kate Hopkins, them doing it is actually now adding to that environment because it's, you know, whether they want to or not, they have a responsibility often now to, uh, to not talk or to be very careful on how they talk um, because it is um, ratifying the opinions of these extreme, yeah. you know, provocateurs, as you call them. Like, I, I wrote an article um, two or three days before the New Zealand Christchurch shooting um, because in one of my uh, in one of my modules, I was tasked with looking at the Charlie Hebdo incident um, and sort of looking at the arguments for freedom of speech and for uh, protection of blasphemy laws and so forth and so forth. And I wrote an article basically saying that um, to criticise Islam is not Islamophobic when you when you target Muslims and um, you know, discriminate against them because the fact that they believe in Islam, that's where the problem is. You can't, you know, when, you, when you're when you discriminating someone because they're Muslim, that's when it becomes anti-Muslim, vile Islamophobia. But a criticisation of a, criticisation, that's not a word, a critique of uh, a set of beliefs, that's not offensive at all because those beliefs don't have any feelings. They don't have an intrinsic, um, you know, anything like that. People obviously get upset when their beliefs are challenged. 
But that shouldn't be that, that should be encouraged, you know, because ideas are meant to be challenged, much like ideas of capitalism or socialism are constantly challenged. But as soon as you get into the area of religion, it's very like, no, you can't do that. And I think that's wrong. And I did a paragraph sort of saying that um, the term Islamophobia when applied to people who uh, criticize religion um, takes away the meaningfulness of that term. And I had to go mm -hmm. back after the uh, after the Christchurch um, incident, although my article didn't get nearly as many views as the amount of people <laughs> do in, in the mainstream press. But I had to go back and I was conscious about rereading what I'd put to think, is there anything in here that I can't defend? Or is there anything in here that, you know, if the wrong person reads it, could they get the wrong message from what I was actually trying to say? And I had to go back and edit a, a paragraph or two just to make it plainly obvious that I'm not saying you should use um, criticism of religion to then fuel your personal vendetta against Muslims. You know, my issue with Islam is not Muslims. It's the belief structure and what that religion is... Um, is, I think, is, is provocative yeah. and the same in the, in the catholic church and in judaism they're, they're all um they, they all have their faults um but that's not to say i don't respect or don't think that the people within those those faiths should be um you know they should be respected yeah i don't disagree lovely jubbly now i was reading a uh, <laughs> i was reading an interesting story earlier just before we came in actually and i thought it's a very good um good one to discuss there's quite a lot lot in it um so basically the headline is there's a, there's a Wolverhampton uh, extreme body modifier called Brendan McCarthy. Uh, and he... Is it like one of these human Ken dolls? No, no, no. And he today has been sentenced uh, for GBH. Uh, he's got, four, I think he's 40 months in prison um, because he ran a extreme body body uh, body body modification shop. Is this like getting your ears stretched and stuff? No, worse. Nipple removal. Yeah, but like that. Ear, remove, ear removal. Tongue splitting. Oh. Um, but all of the people involved in the act consented explicitly to these procedures. So my question to you, Sean Turner, is should the state intervene despite the individuals giving their explicit no, why consent? Was he charged? I'm not. I'm confused what he was charged for. Like, who complained? Like, who, how did this happen? Um, I'm, I'm not sure on how it ended up going to trial, but essentially he ended up um, being prosecuted for GBH because of these procedures. Uh, and the judge at the time, um, well, I say at the time, it was like very recently, like this week, um, said that the written consent uh, and verbal consent um, of the individuals getting these procedures done um, was not enough to amount a defence for his claim that it was voluntary. Uh, they said that he was not surgically qualified to do this, despite all of the individuals saying that the piercer himself was very knowledgeable and even the Court of Appeal saying that the work that was done was to a acceptable standard. So just a little search. So he admitted GBH? Yeah, he, he, he accepted the charge. He, he, pled, he pled guilty because he knew that his defence of, um, of them saying that they, they consented wasn't enough to, to get him off. I mean, I'm a bit baffled by it. Oh, I... <laughs> There's quite a funny line here in a Guardian article. Um, the Lord Chief Justice of England and Wales accepted that the ear removal had been done quite well, but... <laughs> As ear removals go. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I Honestly, I'm quite speechless because, I mean, I'm. it's not something I'm into. Um, I don't have anything... I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have any... 
piercings or tattoos or body modification. No visible piercings. Are you confirming that for <laughs> listeners? Um, no, and it, so I, I don't, I don't really get it. Yeah, me neither. I don't care. Yeah. You do you. So do you think, I mean, this obviously, this opens up a large debate in regards to consent versus, uh, I think I think the, the judge said that it was a message to to show people that they shouldn't do this. But is that an instance of where the state are exercising its power wrongly? I mean, John Stuart Mill famously said the state should only ever exercise power over individuals if they are um, restricting the liberty of another individual. But if that yeah. other individual is consenting, then surely their liberty is being prevented if you don't allow them to have the the procedure done, if that's what they wanted. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm baffled. I don't really understand it. I don't know why. I, I, I mean, like, are they going to section people who do it to themselves? Like, what? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, why? why? It's, I don't know. It's re- And there's a really funny thing, I suppose. But like, is it, so if people self-harm, for example... Um, they can end up being sectioned, yeah. so they will be forcibly prevented from doing that within the state's uh, auspices. Is this then? Uh, this, is this a judgment to say like that? This is now a form of self harm if people want to do this themselves, and and so him doing it is. I don't like it's. It's all a bit weird. Well, no, it's, I, I, well, it's clearly it's clearly not self harm in the sense of he's been charged with GBH as if he would just, as if he just battered the person on the mm. street. Well, sorry. I, I mean, think it's very, so it's very cruel cool to the man. I agree, hundred percent. I, I don't, I don't, do not think that this person should have been sentenced at all. Especially that these people who had the procedures done gave verbal and written consent for him to do these procedures and were happy with them. So, what business of the okay. state is that? So, I found out he was initially arrested because someone put a complaint in to the local environmental health team, and he didn't have a license to carry out the modification procedures. And this then realised that there was no regulation in this industry, which the words were delivers results akin to cosmetic surgery. So obviously cosmetic surgery is heavily regulated. Um, so that's quite interesting. Yeah. So from a legal standpoint, it's you can sort of accept and see why that is the case. However, do so, you think that so the law has so far? This is from a, a an academic. Um, the law. So this academic from Nottingham Trent, Dr. Samantha Pegg, says, although the law has long accepted that tattooing and piercing are lawful activities, there has not until this case been any consideration for other forms of body modification, such as tongue splitting. Um, So that's quite interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought there was going to be another uh, profound statement there, but no. No, I I don't really have anything to say about it, as in, yeah, like there's not... It's quite unique. I mean, I'm glad you brought this because I've not heard of it at all. Um, so I think, you know, people... Oh, I don't know, it's really hard. Well, I suppose that you could argue there's a slippery slope when you start saying consent. Um, yeah, and also, also, I think... So, like, if some... Okay, so if somebody was, um, you know, was, was mentally unwell and it, it got to the point where they were harming themselves... However, they were harming themselves. If somebody was doing that to them, then that would be GBH or ABH, depending on what it was. So then, but the person doing it to themselves, my point is, would then be sectioned probably, or, or you know, there'd be some sort of intervention. So in that sense, the state, either through social care, healthcare, or the law, have decided 
that this action of harming a body is a bad thing and they've determined what harming a body involves. And so this falls into that. There's also a very... Um, so, so they've decided this is what harming a body is. So there's an interesting thing then. I wonder whether, you know, in, and I wonder whether there'll be a future case, if this isn't cleared up, where um, there'll be something around somebody's mental fit state and whether or not um, somebody chops their ear off because they like the look of it is considered to be mentally unwell or not. Yeah, so you could argue that yeah. they are, in fact, me- not mentally and stable to think that's good. rather than a lifestyle choice. Yeah. I think, and then at what, where's that boundary? I'm interested in that. Yeah, that is an, that is an interesting question. And um, the, in fact, if anyone who's listening to this happens to do a law degree, there's a quite a famous case. Um, I remember a friend of mine telling me who studies law here, uh, was saying there's a case with a group of adult men who all consented to uh, quite extreme sexual practices in which they all consented. They all got off on it. It was a very weird case. Got off on it. But, um, <laughs> pardon the pun. Yeah, pardon the pun. Um, but they they were arrested for, for GBH as well. And it was quite an extreme form of sexual what did they do? interaction. Uh, they... They, uh, they. I'm going to Google it just to make sure I get it right because I don't want to. Give, us, a, give us the vibe. Like what I don't the vibe? want to say no, in no, case no. it's not right. Don't be slanderous no, no. to these poor men. No, I'm happy <laughs> to. I'm happy to say what it is as long as it's right. So Sean, just fill, fill the airtime momentarily while I search. Okay, so the last orgy I went to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a bit. I'm a bit baffled by it all. Really, I. I think. I think it's really hard, and you know, you get onto these classic. Um, boring conversations I think are about euthanasia and stuff you know can people just do what they want with their bodies and is it up to them to decide how you know how they might you know destroy themselves at at the ultimate level and and I I don't know because I I am quite liberal in some of my views about that so I'm not necessarily opposed to euthanasia Um, I have issues with how it might be managed um and I have worries about the state um, having a say in euthanasia, but euthanasia as a concept, I don't, I don't necessarily have issues with. Um, and I feel like that's like the extreme, you know, if you run this to its eventuality. So, yeah, I think it brings up lots of complex questions, and I think it, you know, it's back to the the state getting involved in people's personal lives, and and you know, if we all lived, if we lived on an island on our own somewhere with no state yeah. anywhere, us, just me on my island. Do what the hell do you want to do? The state should um, stay out of the bedroom. So why, what's the state, what's the state benefiting, I suppose? Okay, so here's... Uh, telling people they can't chop their ears off or do whatever it is you're about to tell me. I've got the, uh, I've got the case here. I, I didn't, I wasn't making it up. This was a real thing. Um, this, so this is R versus Brown, 1993. This is in the UK. Uh, the, this 1993 decision of the House of Lords decided that cutting of the skin, even with consent, is a criminal offence under the offences... Uh, against the Person Act 1861. So this is what happened. The appellants belonged to a group of sadomasochistic homosexuals who over a 10-year period from 1978 willingly participated in the commission of acts of violence against each other, including genital torture for the sexual pleasure which it engendered in the giving and receiving of pain. So that was the case, and essentially this was found to be unlawful, um, and the ruling was, um, you know, this was against the law, it was a criminal offence, and they were all... Uh, charged as a result, and this is but this is back in 1978. Uh, so, so I obviously, can't stab your bollocks even if you let me. No, even if I enjoy it, even you can't if, do it. 
Even if we both enjoy if it. If we both enjoy it, we can't do it. So that just has to be and a mental wanted. picture. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so that that's another example of the same sort of thing where this is um, consented behaviour that the state have have um, have not allowed. Um, and you're right, I think when the state starts getting involved, I mean, obviously, that to me sounds absolutely disgusting and why anyone would want to do that is beyond me. I mean, when I... Why act- did you just wink at me, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> I've not had enough beers for that yet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, even when I sit down and accidentally catch... One of them. Catch one of your Yeah, the Prince Albert. Um, it, it, absolute agony, and not in a nice I way. I imagine it would be agony. Yeah, and not in, not in a nice way. So to me, that's 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 bonkers. But if that's what people enjoy, then who am I to, to sort of tell them not, not to do it? Or do you think that normalises behaviour that the majority of society might seem to be yeah, devious? Yeah, like, like, are we just making society really vanilla? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, if people want to put the balls in a clamp, then put the balls in a clamp. I don't care. Honestly, I don't care what you do with your testes at all. Yeah. Like, it doesn't affect me. Yeah. So the bottom um, line of this story and, is... And, and, you know, unless you're racking up an NHS bill that's in, <laughs> like putting the country in serious death, then just keep clamping them balls. Yeah, because it, yeah, because if we go if we go to... You, know, you, you raise a valid argument that people might put forward. They might say, okay, well, yes, it is their free choice to do whatever they want with their genita- genitals. But if that is then putting them in pain which requires treatment, which the taxpayer has to pay for, then at that level, okay, that's wrong because we're having to pay for their their pleasure. But then you could go to then you could extend that to, okay, people who drink, people who smoke, they shouldn't be allowed it either. Yeah, yeah. Because well, it's shouldn't. self-inflicted. Like, but it does. So that would be a bad argument to take yeah, on it. Yeah. But you're right in the case of um of yeah, just the state should stay out of the uh, stay out of the bedroom. Uh, one final story now. <laughs> one final story now because we are approaching our uh, our hour, and the uh, two gentlemen who precede us on the show uh, eagerly awaiting um, to come into the studio. That's going to get cut from the podcast. That's not relevant. It's not. But um, anyone listening live, great show up next. Indeed. Um, listen, tune in. Uh, so we'll finish on quite a profound, not profound story, but yeah, it is. Story. If you do say so myself. Um, if I say so myself. The climate march youngsters skipping school, yeah. going on uh, marches. What do you reckon? Good? Yeah. <laughs> That's is, it. Is right, lads. We're done. Yeah. Right. We'll see you next week. Uh, no. Yeah, I think it's really good. Yeah, it's great. Do, do, you, th- do you think there is power in, in significant power in protest and um, demonstration? Uh, or to an extent? Um, no, I don't think to an extent. I think there definitely is. I think it depends on what it is. I think um, people don't know how to do it very well. I think um, those who have done it well, it's often happened serendipitously. However, there have been obviously exceptionally well-organised things that have worked very well. Um, And you can look at, um, for example, you know, classic ones are the March of Washington where Luther King delivered his I Have a Dream speech. Do you know a lot of the back work into that he didn't do himself? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you I, just took all the credit. I, I actually, um, to kind of make up for my um, straight white madness, <laughs> wrote my history A-level coursework on uh, civil rights movements in America. Nice, so did yeah. I. Did you? Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that afterwards. In the pub, yeah. Um, it, it's gutted that you can't come along with us, listeners, because you'd, uh, you, I'm sure you'd you, love that discussion. You would miss two white men talking about black rights. Maybe for, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I'm not um, laughing at uh, black civil rights there. Just the the thought of two white men uh, yeah, theorizing yeah, 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 about yeah. <laughs> and, and offering a, a, and critiquing a wholly the irrelevant <laughs> critique. Yeah. 
Um, and wholly unimportant critique. Um, so, yeah, and like, you know, you think about like Tiananmen Square or um, you could think about, you know, the, the general strikes that have happened. So things have worked. Um, you know, even like locally, there was strikes across the country last year in the university sector about pension pay and, and they ended up making significant progress in that. So, yes, it can work. I think it's interesting these kids because oh, how dare they miss a day of school? Mm. Um, I think it's brilliant that they've done it. Yeah, I, I agree. think it's brilliant the amount of people who've come out to support them, teachers, parents, etc. Um, but, but I think the tragedy and and I suppose what's really inspiring is that these are the next generation. So if these people carry on being activists, and I think we've gone through a cycle of we've had quite a bland um, conservative with a small C. 20 years or so of, of politics I think you know you look at Jeremy Corbyn and whether or not you agree with his politics he's certainly out of the centre um, for the first time in a, yeah. in a political lead that we've seen for a while and he's he's making changes and, you know you say the same about Bernie Sanders he's certainly out of the centre for, for what's going on over there and um, AOC Alexandra um, Ocasio-Cortez um, so I think, you know, you've got these politicians who are coming up who are well out of centre ground. And you've got this mixture of people on the ground being a bit more activisty. I think students have been quite activisty since probably tuition fees they've materialised this. And I'm kind of concerned that that's becoming a bit more vanilla and, and, and whitewashed. What's a better word? As in students are kind of um, putting down the swords now, they're just accepting it. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, the next generation of activists is looking promising if, if these guys are anything to go by and, and real change could come. No, indeed, I agree. Uh, absolutely. I think the, the whole climate march is unbelievable. Greta, Greta uh, Beerberg, Beerberg, I think her name is. Greta. Greta. Love Greta, Greta from yeah. Sweden. Great job. Great work. Um, and she finally... She did talk, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she did. She did. Um, I think... I think I think the problem is, like, right, it's all cute and nice and it's not to be patronising to those who march, but... There needs to be a governmental shift, is yep. what I'm saying. And so the government needs to, you know, tackle big corporations who are contributing the majority of emissions and problems with climate and, and unethical sourcing of goods. And then to do that, you need someone at the top who is out of that centre and yeah. conserves a small... Well, you had Claude, uh, Claude Juncker and uh, Emmanuel Macron saying about the about Greta and about her... Uh, sorry, I, I didn't... Not, not that you listen, but... Uh, sorry, I can't get your surname right. Um all sort of saying, you know, that the march was great, blah, 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 but yet not really doing anything about yeah, it. Yeah, and it's ironic Macron coming out and, and, and lauding her when, you know, he's got yeah. the Yellow Vest marches that are now on the 14th week. Indeed. I think, you know, biggest protests that I've seen in my lifetime in terms of length of time to go on for. You know, 14 weeks of people going on the streets of Paris and across France protesting mm. and causing mayhem. Just, it's, it's just it's literally Macron and, and, you know, the EU sort of paying lip service to this this movement. And, and it's quite patronising. Well, I mean, Macron, I mean, his whole way into power was I'm not Le Pen and, and I have, um, yeah. you know, I get it. I'm down with the kids and, and that's his thing. And, and it won votes. So all that remains to say is thank you very much for joining us on the Two White Men podcast. I have been Charlie Stewart. And I hope you join us again, same time, same place, next week. If you're listening to us live, if you're listening to us on the podcast, you will listen to us wherever you want, whenever you want, and however you want to do it. And however many times you want to do it. Exactly. In More than once to get the full however you detail. Cut, however you cut yourself. Indeed. However you cut yourself, let us know. We won't discuss it next week. 
But what we will discuss next week is whatever we sort of feel like. So join us then. But until next time, thank you very much for joining us on the Two White Men Podcast. Have a good Bye. week. Goodbye.